Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. Welcome uh, to the Porsche Center. We're missing just one person, and he'll be here uh, shortly, Charles Jenkins. You may have looked around the room, and this is a very, very eclectic room. Very eclectic room. Uh, we have people here who are non-denominational. We have people here who are in five denominations. The others just don't know about each other. Uh, <laughs> we're, we have here from the Assembly of God, the Church of God, the International Pentecostal Holiness, the Church of God in Christ, and uh, Full Gospel. Just all. So it's a very, very. Uh, you, re- you don't get to be in these kind of rooms, you know, on a regular basis. Usually we are just with our own tribe of people, you know, all the Assemblies of God, all the Kojic people or whatever it might be. And all that happens in that room is, uh, how can I put this? You know when cousins marry cousins? You end up with idiots. And so what happens is when we are just with our own tribe of people and never get outside our tribe, we just talk about more or less of the same thing. So the next day and a half is going to be a day of, uh, of cross-pollination. Uh, the other thing that uh, this room is about is people who are either going into transition, are in transition, on the other side of transition, or are in positions, denominationally speaking, can affect and influence transitions. So what I would love to do is to hear and participate uh, in a way that, two ways, two ways. Number one is, of course, how it affects you. That's the primary one. But probably more important than that is if you can download this experience of the next day and a half as to how you're going to utilize this experience to help others. I think that is where the the real, real benefit of today is going to be. So the benefit of today is uh, meeting each other, making new friends, Uh, Hopefully learning a few things, having discussions, maybe having sidebars, getting an email address or a cell phone number or two, and actually doing something with it. Uh, And so I think this will be a a great opportunity on many, many different levels. I want you to think about, so when I talk about transition, succession, let me make a differentiation there, and I'm going to ask a question Transition, and this is just very, very generic, okay? So just just work with me on this. Transition is, and there's more of that happening today than succession. So let me start with succession. Succession is you as a senior pastor or another person you're working with as a senior pastor moves on. Goes somewhere else, does something else, moves on. Another pastor comes in. And that is a succession. A transition is the pastor stays on, but in a 
supportive capacity, not necessarily staff. They don't go to staff meetings, and we'll talk more about that. They don't, uh, you know, they are not in all those minutia of the church anymore, but they have roles that are designated to them, and they serve the pleasure of the new lead pastor. So those are very, very generic and broad categories that uh, I'd like for you to, to consider. So think about this. Think about this. How many of you know of a transition slash succession? So I'm, I'm going to be using those words interchangeably so you know what I'm talking about. How many of you know about a transition succession that went bad? Can I see your hands? Hmm. All right. Good, good. 100% of you. So somebody tell me your story. Not your story. Don't give names. Don't give locations. Camouflage them to, uh, to safeguard the guilty. Uh, so tell me the story behind it and just take no more than two, three minutes and what went wrong. Who wants to go first? So I'm, I'm going to just uh, make a comment be uh, before I ask the next question. You can stay too long, but you can't leave too early. So we've got uh, Scott Wilson transitioned a year and how many months ago? It's even, well, it's a year ago. I mean, we started a year ago, August, where you came in and helped. Right, right. But it was, when was it consummated? June. June during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. All right. And how old are you? 51 now. It's 51. Okay. So uh, the more I work with pastors, I'm all, you know, I've had three conversations. You need, you need to know, I get two to three phone calls every week on the subject. I can't help every one of them. Some of them are too much heavy lifting that I don't want to deal with. So, uh, and there's not, in some cases, there's not enough money to engage with it. It's like, no. <laughs> they're going to just suck my life away from me. I'm not going to deal with that. So, uh, you know, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not Jesus. I don't have, you know, so I can't save everybody. <clears throat> but uh, I am suggesting to pastors Younger pastors, if you can think 55, no later than 60, you'll be good. So you can stay too long, but you cannot leave early, too early, and, uh, or transition too early. And, and the challenge with our age group in this room, and sorry to lump uh, you, uh, okay, uh, our generation is nobody talk to us about what we're talking about today. Right? Okay. Let's, let's flip that same coin over and tell me how many of you know of a succession that went really good? Went really good. Okay, fewer hands on that. Fewer hands on that. That's important to see that. Uh, tell me, here's the question. Don't need the story. Why do you think that succession went well? Honor. Honor, okay. You want to say more about that, Trust. Christopher? The older leader honored the new leader. He honored that he was going to do it differently, made space for that. The younger leader honored the older leader for his legacy and his impact. And neither were intimidated by each other's gifts. Excellent, excellent. Somebody? That's powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's, it's honor up, honor down, honor on and all around, you know, kind of thing. So, okay, yeah. Say again? Moving to something of significance. Mm-hmm. Moving to something else that's more significant, okay. Next Sorry? It's a person on next assignment. Yeah. Moving on to the next assignment. What else? Did you say something? I was just suggesting the trust. Trust? Mm-hmm. I, I trust. Would say, I would say none of that means anything to me if I didn't have you. If I didn't have a mediator, and it's not just you, I'm saying if I didn't have a mediator, every one of the things that we just named would have broken down in both the transition between me and my dad, which is blood, and me and my spiritual son, which isn't. And neither, it, all, everything we just said was meant to be there, but if I wouldn't have had somebody sitting there asking the questions that need to be asked, talking, having a touch point where I'm going, I'm feeling a little bit insecure right now. Can I talk to you about it? And you help me talk it through everything. I think that's the key. I ask everybody, I tell everybody, if you're going in transition, you don't have a mediator, you're going to, it's not going it, to, you're either going to blow up or you're leaving things on the table that would have been better. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, yeah, you don't want to do surgery or stuff. There's, there's so much emotion involved. Listen, uh, uh, in the expand team, that's based the primary team leaders and expand. We've got about 50 years experience in this. And I can tell you for just from my experience of doing uh, transition planning probably from the early 90s, uh, 1990s, previous century, <laughs> when life world was a different world. I can write up the best succession plans, transition plans. But at the end of the day, it's all about the heart. So... There's a diff, there's the distance between your head and your heart, that 18 inches, makes all the difference in the world. And we'll get into that a little bit more. What else someone else can think about a succession that went well? Yes. When you talk about emotions and feelings, uh, and if you're going to approach somebody totally from the brain level, you're going to lose them. You've got to have high doses of empathy for what people are going through. You cannot say to somebody, shouldn't feel that way. <coughs> oh, don't be insecure about that. So somebody said, I'm feeling insecure about this. They are feel- I mean, people's feelings are their feelings, right? <coughs> yeah. And as soon as you deny their feelings, you're going to uh, short circuit your entire conversation and they're gonna look at you and say, they just don't get it. And then you will get discarded in the process even though they are paying you to be their consultant. You don't know this. The other thing I would like to say to everybody, as soon as people find out that you are transitioning or succeeding, the entire church will shift. Your staff will shift. Now, they may not know who the next successor is. They may not know that but they'll shift away from you. You will immediately become emeritus, has been, used to be. Your board will shift. Uh, Let me me tell you a a really, a bad story. Friend of mine, another country, uh, he was in America at at a conference. Uh, You were in that room, Mike. Uh, And we, this guy has a prophetic word for this pastor saying, um, uh, I believe the Lord 
wants you to leave your church and start whatever, whatever. Yea, I say unto thee and all that. Hmm? Yeah, it, it, was, it was very well, it was, it was very prophetic. It was prophetic, but every prophecy has a time attached to that, right? So this guy had a great church, went back to his country, gathered, gathered his elders and his board together and said, hey, I had this prophetic word in my life while I was in the United States of America. In 10 days, in 10 days, because his board, he had strategically comprised his board of only business people who understood business. And in business, you know, it's all about two things, transition succession and stockholder stakeholder value. It's about those two. If you're on a board of directors for a corporation, those are the two things. And immediately, in 10 days' time, he was no longer the pastor of this large church. So I always say to people, <laughs> don't get ahead, get ahead of yourself. You gotta have a cascading strategy. Who you gonna talk to? When you gonna talk to them? How you gonna talk to them? Uh, assume that everything you say in any room is gonna leak. Assume that and you'll be right about it. Somebody's gonna talk to somebody who's gonna talk to somebody and it'll be like, don't let this go any further, but hey, hey, don't let this go any further, but hey, don't let this go any further, but and before you know it, it's on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and even TikTok, who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's where we're headed right now. I'm leaving, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, And I think uh, uh, in a moment I'm going to uh, give you the, what, what the process at least that I use. Every, every uh, succession, transition that I have done that did not go right, that did not go right, and I've done plenty of them that messed up. You need to know that. I took their money, kept their money, <laughs> because I've already done a lot of heavy lifting, but there are certain things I cannot control. I'm gonna give you the two common denominators of every transition succession that went bad. Number one, it's already been said, but number one is they didn't have their next. The outgoing pastor, the transitioning pastor did not have a go-to. When you don't have a to, you only have a from. I'm leaving from, but you don't have a to. So Charles Jenkins, who came in late, by the way, uh, so everyone give it up for him. Yeah, I'll throw him under the bus. Uh, so I've had experience with uh, Charles Jenkins and uh, Scott Wilson that I haven't had with anybody else in this room. I was part of uh, his transition into the church and out of the church. So I was his bookends. Uh, 20, 23 years, yes, sir. 23 years. And same thing with Scott Wilson. Uh, at this end and that end. And, and, and so as I am looking at this room, I'm looking at all the conversation experiences I've had. But Scott had a clear two. So he's got a great group of people that he is mentoring called the Father Initiative in which it is, a, and he can tell you more about it, so ask him about that, how they are planting hundreds of churches through that initiative. 
God placed, uh, took away the grace from his life to pastor the church. After 23 years, well, actually before that, but he stayed on. And uh, his music blew up. The first song he did got, what, 13 Emmys? Something like that. How many was it? 30 Emmys. Uh, oh, uh, oh, you're talking about Stellars. Nine. Stellars. Nine Stellars. Wow. You know, just like that. So, so all of that, all of that. But he had a clear two. So he relocated from his church in Chicago to Los Angeles where his two is, right? So number one factor is if the pastor does not have a clear two, they will always come back to their default setting and mess around. Number one, they've got to have a clear two. That does not mean they have to leave, but they have to have a clear two, big enough two. That'll keep them not occupied, keep them fulfilled. It's, it's about the feeling now. Remember, occupation means they've got a preaching schedule. They can be traveling, preaching, doing whatever they're doing. But if the pastor not feel, the outgoing pastor not feeling fulfilled in what they're doing, exactly. they're going to come back. The second thing is the senior pastor's wife. If I didn't have wives to deal with, I could charge half my price. Is that important? Yep. Yep. Those are the conversations in which you can't help. <clears throat> they got to figure it out among themselves. But pastors check out before they tell their wives. They leave the station and leave her standing on the, on the platform. Their train leaves. And they leave her standing on the platform. Well, you know, men think intellectually and you know, academically and women are emotional. Nope. I think you're devaluing the person. If, because that, as soon as you can explain somebody away, you devalue that person. I want to say that again. As soon as you can say, oh, he is like this because, or she is like this because, I have put them in a category that is usually not the best category, and I will elevate myself and devalue them. You have to lean into that moment and say, uh, something going on here that I can't fix. Not to your point, even though in most cases, even though she may have got her own degrees, may have her own platform, but she's also been dependent on the church platform because that is where she gets her affirmation, my husband is this. She's introduced a lot of times, unfortunately, as uh, she is so-and-so's wife. You know, I get introduced as, this is Sam, Brenda's husband. <laughs> so, but her identity, her primary identity, doesn't matter how many things she's done, is still emanating from her primary base, which is the church. So I'd like for you to help me think through uh, the common denominators. So things that went good and things that went bad. So you heard each other. So what, what do you think went good? Uh, Dusty, can you read it from back there? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, so, give me a common denominator of things that went good. Somebody said honor earlier. Somebody said they had a next. Somebody said you need a consultant. Uh, what else? Okay. Mari said emotional intelligence. Mike said trust. EQ? Mike said trust. Trust? Okay, let's go to the other side of the ledger. Thing that went bad. Just a flip of each one of those. Dishonor. <laughs> All right, so these become our guiding paradigms. So when you're doing succession planning and you start looking and start seeing Feeling. So I want to give you another thing. Josh, At, can I have one that can go bad? Yeah. Communication. Oh yeah. Communication. All right. Sandra, uh, one thing that was said here: the, the character of the guy coming in did not match the opportunity. Hmm. Character did not match the opportunity. So there was a dissonance in opportunity and character. Say again, please. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. The rollout. Mm -hmm. This is all part of what a consultant does. So, uh, uh, so one of the things that I have learned is you will sense before you see. You will sense before you see. I'm going to say again. Yes. You will sense. You walk into a room and say, oops, wrong room. Oop, today's going to be a bad day. Oh, it's going to be great today. You're going to start sensing things before you start seeing things. Again, please, so you'll hear us say again and again. In, a, in, in, a, in an environment where you're leading succession and transition, it's going to be like, so let me give you the trajectory. It's going to be the head first, no, the heart first, heart, feelings, head second, hands third. It'll be the, tra the trajectory of a successful consultant guiding a transition, succession is going to be how to reach the heart first, head next, hands, hands last. So how you feel, think, do. Feel, think, do. And I know there's this whole thing about, well, you can go by feelings. And I want to say to you, all the biggest decisions in your life are going to be feeling decisions. <laughs> Who you marry, feeling decision. What you, the clothes that you buy, feeling decision. Car that you drive, feeling decision. I mean, he just bought a Porsche uh, and... Uh, didn't, it felt I mean, good. Yeah, 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 felt good, right. People join your church saying it feels like oh. home. The car, you know, the house that you buy, it's all about feeling. And if you start approaching this conversation, especially this emotionally laden conversation uh, from here, and the empathy factor is not there, you're going to miss it very, very, very quickly. 
So I have a question for all of you in this room. Uh, love to hear from you, what is your interest? Obviously, it's stirred enough interest for you to travel, hotel, meals, pay. Uh, this was not a cheap event. Uh, so what is your interest? Why, why are you here? Okay, very good, very good. So some, some of the studies that have been done on the subject tell us that there'll be 480,000. That's 480,000. 480,000 churches will experience succession, transition in some way in the next 10 years. That's a half a million. I'm talking about United States of America, not, not leaving the Atlantic or the Pacific. It's huge. Just in this room, we've talked about huge numbers. I mean, so I went with percentages rather than numbers just to get our head around the immensity of the need. Uh, and so with every need comes a responsibility. If, if I become aware of a need, we have a responsibility, and which turns into uh, an opportunity too. The other thing that we are finding out that is most churches are looking for a candidate that has a similar profile to the exiting pastor. And that's getting going to be harder and harder. Uh, they're going to be younger. Their training is going to be different. Their mindset is going to be different. Their passion is definitely going to be different. Most of you who have pastored in this room gave your life to it, neglected your family for it, didn't take pay raises for it. <laughs> you said, no, don't give me a raise. I'll hire a youth pastor. Don't you regret that now? Uh, yeah, how many thank you cards did you get about that? Uh, yeah, when you, when, you, when you are exiting, how many times you say, you know, over the years, I have calculated, you turned down this many thousands of dollars. You are amazing. No, nobody remembers. Nobody cares. They don't give it back either. Nope, they don't, well, you they can't. don't give it back. Yeah, they don't give it back. You can ask for it, but you don't give it, they don't give it back. Uh, and then there's a shrinking pool uh, because of the philosophies of the younger pastors. The shrinking, and, and, you know, everyone thinks that everyone wants to pastor a large church, and I want to tell you that's not the, where a lot of the younger pastors' minds are. They want to make a greater inf impact they're not looking for influence. They're not looking for titles. Uh, their governance structures are totally different. Uh, they are not going to get beat up by church boards and elder boards and deacon boards and trustee boards. They're going to say, hey, I didn't sign up for this. You can have the church. They're going to walk away. I mean, uh, so all of us can, can tell stories about how we weathered those terrible quote-unquote trustee, elder, board meetings, whatever animal you had, and you sat there and you smiled and you acquiesced and you backed up and you went along. People we're talking about now who are going to be successors, they're going to walk away saying, hey, don't have the energy to fight all of this. You all can have that. The other thing that we have to the reality is that the incoming pastors that are coming in now are going to ask for more money than you did when you left. So just, just, just know their starting point is going to be your ending point. And that's hard for churches to fathom. 
that, you know, I'm making this much and then you guys are going to make as much as me. I've been here for 25 years and yep, yep, that's exactly uh, what's going to happen. Regrettably, most churches have no thought through succession plan in their bylaws. Most bylaws are written for yesterday. They're not written for tomorrow. And every bylaw has a story in it. And churches that try a DIY, do it yourself, uh, are not going to make it. So what I'm going to do now is I just want to highlight this for you and not gonna, you don't have to turn it. This piece that you have over here has got amazing gold in it. Okay, so I will want you to become aware of this. Take it, I mean, it's yours to take. Uh, and then you also have two resources on your, on your, on your table. Uh, here's a book written uh, called Seasons by our friend Charles Jenkins. And this is a book that Dale Bronner and I wrote years and years and years ago, probably somewhere in 2007, when no one was talking about it, called Planning a Succession. So those are all for you to take. So I want to answer some questions now. One question is, why a planned succession? Number one, 100% of pastors will stop pastoring sometime. William Vanderblumen in his book, Next, which is a great book, uh, calls it, uh, every pastor is an interim pastor. Uh, Warren Bird and William Vanderblumen wrote, and, but listen, every pastor will leave. 100% of pastors will leave either on their own two feet or like Jerry said, with their boots on. <laughs> either eight grown men will carry them out or they're going to walk up. But every pastor will leave. Uh, why a planned succession? Because you can do it by design or by default. By design or by default. So a pastor dies. It throws the church into hyper shock. A pastor deviates from doctrine or immoral behavior and gets incapacitated, throws the church into a tail. There was a church right here in Atlanta. Roger Brumlow was the pastor's name, pastored the church called the Tabernacle. If you've ever been to the TBN station in Atlanta, is that large church sitting next to the TBN station. Somebody who got church. Great friend of mine. Some of you know him in this room. And then he became the district superintendent of Assemblies of God. He went in for routine surgery on something that was on this side of his head and the brain. When he came out of that surgery, he could talk, he could hear, but he could not make sense of his talk. So his, there was some button in here that had his vocabulary, all the thousands of words that he knew. Shook it up and put it back in there. So he could not string a sentence together. I've had lunch with him before he passed. And I can tell you, he, he was the most frustrated. And he would say something like, blue, wife, shoes. <clears throat> he could, he knew the words. He had a voracious vocabulary. Amazing preacher, great expository preacher, especially from the Old Testament stories. 
So what happens to the church in that moment? Throws it into catastrophe because every church needs two plans. Every church needs a catastrophic plan. That means if you were to die today, if you were to die today, the church needs to have a catastrophic plan that will lead them for at least one year, at least one year, a one-year plan. Doesn't have to be a long plan, 